You're listening to an Auckland Libraries podcast. Nomai Harimai, Napataka Korero, Auckland Libraries in association with Ancestry and Ancestry Progenealogists present a special selection of talks honouring New Zealand's military history. Dr. Ian McGibbon is a military historian, a widely acclaimed author. He's had a hand in over 15 books, including New Zealand's Vietnam War, A History of Combat, Commitment and Controversy. I'm going to start by making some general comments about the, the conflict, and then I'll explain what New Zealand did, and then talk a little bit about how it's been seen in the aftermath of the war. First point I'm going to make is that Vietnam is the only war in which the New Zealand government was very reluctant to become involved. Part of that reason was the fact that the British were not interested in going to Vietnam, but there was also always a feeling that this was an unwinnable war and that um, getting involved was not going to, to do us any good and the, and the government preferred to focus on Malaya in the, in the 60s. Vietnam is also the only war in which New Zealand fought on the losing side, even if the loss came four years after we were um, withdrawn. It's possible that Afghanistan may become the second. But our Vietnam effort also differed greatly from our previous major efforts in South Africa, the World Wars and Korea, in that it was made by an, not made by an expeditionary force. Up till then we'd basically raised a force to send to take part in these wars, the last being the Korean War, when more than a thousand men were recruited, trained and then sent. And this, on this occasion it was the, the regular New Zealand Army that provided New Zealand's uh, contribution. In fact, before that the only regular units that had been sent to the wars were the, with naval units that took part in the Second World War and also in Korea. The fourth point I want to make is that Vietnam was the first and only experience New Zealand's had of people's war. Um, it was very different to all the other wars we've taken part in, except perhaps to some extent the Malayan emergency, which was on a much smaller scale and wasn't directly com comparable with Vietnam in the sense that the the communist terrorists in Malaya were basically Chinese and the main population, the Malay population, weren't really on the same side as, as the communists um, in the jungle. In, in Vietnam, our soldiers fought men, women and children in hostile fashion. In fact, one boy was shot by our soldiers who had crawled under a fence into a basin, tried to put um, sand into the mortar, mortars that were there. And our troops were located in an area where more than a half the population supported the enemy. So these four elements that I've just outlined, I think, had a profound influence on how we see the Vietnam War in retrospect and on how we commemorate it. Let me now um, outline what we did in Vietnam. As I mentioned, the government was very reluctant to be involved. But it came under pressure during the early 1960s um, to make a contribution. The Americans uh, wanted to bolster the, the government of the Republic of 
Vietnam at CETI meetings and ANZUS meetings, they pressed us to do something. The government thought they could possibly get away with just sending a surgical team, which was sent uh, in 1963, went to a place called Queen On in Bing Ding province. Uh, it would serve there for 13 years and would be withdrawn just shortly before Saigon fell to the North Vietnamese army in 1975. That, um, contribution is sort of a shining light that continues to um, be recognized by the Vietnamese. It was um, favorably commented on by people when I went there in 2007 and New Zealand has kept a connection with Queen Non. So it's one bright spot on our Vietnam experience. In 1964 the government reluctantly agreed to send a Attachment of engineers. We contributed a 25-man army detachment, Vietnam it was called, um, 25 sappers who were sent, they were non-combat troops, they were sent to Vietnam to take part in um, local reconstruction at a place called Tu Do Mo, just north of Saigon. Um, they've spent a year building bridges, um, repairing roads and doing other engineer-like uh, activities, um, largely untouched by the Viet Cong. There were some incidents, basically got through the year without any major problems. The problem was it wasn't enough. The Americans insisted that we needed to make a combat um, contribution and this became intense early in 1965 when United States landed uh, Marines in South Vietnam to protect airfields. That, that commitment rapidly expanded um, and eventually America would have 500,000 men in South Vietnam. Um, Australia appeared willing to take part, so New Zealand government uh, came under pressure. Initially Holyoke refused to take part, he, um, he said that we were going to concentrate on Malaysia and he was persuaded by the diplomats basically uh, who pointed out the, the difficulties New Zealand would face if we got out of step with Australia and the United States and the possible long-term effects that may have on the ANZUS agreement, the, the alliance we'd signed in 1951 which had become more and more important as the British presence in the Far East and Southeast Asia began to slip away. So the government decided that it would send a, one battery of artillery. Uh, it wasn't even a full battery because um, in the end a, a four-gun battery was deployed on the understanding initially that the American unit that we would serve with had four-gun batteries. That turned out to be wrong but Holyoke refused to increase it to six guns at, at first um, because his main intention was just to do as little as possible uh, in Vietnam and a four-gun battery would solve the problem as a combat operation, a combat unit and it would fly New Zealand's flag with the Americans. Only five countries were willing to take part in this coalition 
in Vietnam, um, Australia, New Zealand, South Korea, Thailand and the Philippines were, were induced to send forces. New Zealand's uh, unit and the Australian battalion that was sent were initially deployed north of Saigon with the 173rd Airborne um, Brigade, uh, US Airborne Brigade, and they operated in the area around Benkat. Um, this was one of the hotspots of the Korea, uh, Vietnam War. So up here in this area, the war was much more intense. Um, and also up in the northern part of South Vietnam, the war up there was also uh, almost on Second World War scale, uh, artillery, much, much more intense um, battles than we fought uh, later, as I'll get on to. Now these, the, the, the battery served with the Australian battalion for about a year in this area, and then it moved down so this is, um, in 1966, the Australian Task Force was formed. Australia wanted to have a bigger um, or a more independent effort, didn't want to be involved with the Americans. And it was assigned um, the province of Phuc Thuy. It, it sent another battalion and created what was called the Australian Task Force. And uh, that was to become the base for our operations from 1966 through to 1970. Just shortly after the base was formed in early 1967, um, the government was induced to send two, send a um, infantry company. By that time, Malaysia had become a less, well, less of a focus because confrontation had ended and we'd been telling the Americans up till then that, oh no, we can't do anything because we're committed in Malaysia our main um, army units, and uh, we can't do anything more in Vietnam. Once, once confrontation ended, that, that excuse could no longer be used, and the government reluctantly agreed to send an infantry company, which was um, deployed early 67, and later in the year, towards the end of the year, they sent another company, this was, um, first company was V Company, the second company was W Company, and they slotted into that Nui Dat base and eventually a, an Anzac battalion was formed, five, uh, three Australian battalion uh, companies and the two New Zealand companies came together in that Anzac unit, which was the first integrated Anzac unit to be formed um, since the First World War when we'd had um, integrated units at Gallipoli and in Sinai-Palestine and, and in, uh, on the Western Front. These units, the Anzac Battalion, took part in operations. Phuc Thuy province was much more jungle, much more covered in much more jungle than it is today. There were also substantial high ground areas um, around to the west of Bahria where the Viet Cong also had bases. Um, and our, our troops spent most of the next four years um, in the jungle, um, searching for these uh, Viet Cong units. The main unit, of course, was the D-445 Battalion, most of whom were local 
inhabitants of Fuktui, their relatives were living in the villages close to where New Zealand troops were stationed at Nui Dart. Everybody knew that the, the battalion was up in the hills and, and of course the population knew that eventually after, after it became obvious that the Allies were going to pull out, the people in the province knew that the battalion was still in the, in the, in the hills and would return eventually, so of course, with their attitude. Um, it became a wait and see once, once it became a, that the withdrawal had begun. Uh, Viet Cong basically waited it out. That's not to say there weren't some very vicious actions. Um, but essentially, it was a chase and destroy operation that, that never succeeded. Um, the, the units in, in Phuc Thuy did achieve their, their goal of apparently pacifying the province by 1970. It was obvious that um, commerce and things were taking place on a much more open scale, that the people felt more secure bearing in mind that most of them still were supporters of the, the enemy. Um, but when the troops were finally withdrawn in 1970, the last company came out in 1970, there was general satisfaction that they succeeded in their objective, which was to pacify the province. Um, but you could only call that a tactical victory because the D45 Battalion was still intact and still in the hills, so we never actually succeeded in um, tracking it down and destroying it. Of course, there are other Viet Cong units that came into the province, and there was one major battle in um, Vietnam term or the southern part of Vietnam terms in 1966 at Long Tan when the, the strong Viet Cong force attempted to overrun, the, well I think the objective was to overrun the Nui Dart base, but they were caught in a rubber plantation and our gunners took part in um, helping an Australian company to defend itself um, over a very intense few hours of battle. Of course on a, on a, on a major scale, on a World War scale, this was a minor action, but in our involvement terms, it was um, probably the most intense action that we took part in. In 1968, the government also sent a SAS troop, 25 strong. Um, their job, uh, they tend to have received a lot of publicity since the war of, of their um, actions, but the main purpose of the SAS troop was to secure information. Um, they were sent out on patrols, five men patrols into the jungle. They were th their job was to search and find the not to not to attack them. At the end of their missions, they were often given permission to conduct an ambush, but um, their their main purpose was actually reconnaissance um, and providing the information that the task force would then use to mount a op major operation to try and catch substantial Viet Cong units. Um, the Royal New Zealand Air Force was also involved in Vietnam. Um, the first 
service, New Zealand service personnel to land in Vietnam with, were airmen of the 41 squadron that Chris mentioned um, during one of their flights from Malaysia, Malaya to Hong Kong. The flight landed in 1948 and that I, I believe is the first time that New Zealanders troops or New Zealand servicemen took, took um, or set foot on South Vietnamese soil. During the war we did agree, or the Americans did persuade us to um, forward air controllers to help um, conduct their air operations in South Vietnam. Um, this was very much a, an opportunity for our Air Force to get experience in a form of operations. And we only sent two, two forward air controllers. We replaced them over time, but um, they, were, they were joined uh, also by some helicopter pilots um, who we con contributed to the Australian helicopter effort. Um, I think several several at a time. I think it built up to four was the main, the largest amount. We also sent a joint services medical team, which served not in Phuc Thuy province, but up in Bing Ding province, close to where the surgical team was operating. They, they operated out of a hospital in a place called Bong Song and um, they did a very good job there and there's actually a story that the Vietnamese tried to stop them withdrawing when they when they were told to pull out in 1970 there were roadblocks to stop them leaving. Um, once again their efforts are remembered in, in Bing Ding province. Um, all these units were gradually withdrawn in the 1968-70 period once the Americans indicated they were pulling out, Australia and New Zealand began a um, phase with withdrawal of our forces as well. After the combat troops were out, we sent two training, small training teams up. Um, one of them trained Cambodian soldiers and another one trained South Vietnamese soldiers. Um, they'd basically run out of things to do by the end of 1972, uh, the Labour government came in and immediately ordered them to come home. The Vietnam War didn't have great impact on the community as neither did the Malaysian operations nor the Korean operations. But Korea, uh, Vietnam had been very controversial and most New Zealanders were happy to put it behind them. They were sick of the controversy so there were, and there was no strong public support for our effort in, as in the world wars. Um, so there was little, so it's not surprising that our Vietnam veterans came back to a society that wasn't greatly interested or excited about their efforts. Um, Korean veterans had the same problem as well. They, their war had been forgotten even before it finished. Um, but one result was, as Stephen has pointed out, our veterans found themselves outside society, um, feeling their, their effort was not properly recognised and a, a sense of grievance developed, especially over the way they were received. Um, 
um, they began to complain that they hadn't been properly welcomed home. They were overlooking the fact that, in fact, they had uh, had in fact had a welcome home parade for the the only formed units that came back were the 161 Battery and the SAS troop. They paraded through Auckland. The Minister of Defence was there to salute them, um, but that was sort of overlooked. And the, uh, the, this feeling, the sense of grievance, as even was pointed out, was also exacerbated by health concerns that arose from uh, controversy over the use of Agent Orange in Vietnam. So these things festered away. Uh, there was a, as Stephen mentioned, there was a parade in 1980, 1998, Parade 98 it was called, um, that gave some satisfaction to the veterans. Um, but it was 10 years later that the, the main um, validation came with the, the agreement with the government over health issues and um, the oral history project and the apology by the Prime Minister in Parliament, um, which finally um, reduced the, the, the sense of grievance. It's not completely gone, I'm sure, but um, since then, there, ha there hasn't been the same sense of um, anger and, and unrest amongst our vet Vietnam veterans, who by this time now have become the, uh, the mainstay of the RSA, um, even though some of them hadn't been very welcomed when they first got back. Um, process of uh, life of people passing away, the Second World War generation passed away, and now the Vietnam veterans have most of the key positions in the RSA, along with uh, veterans of our peacekeeping efforts. Um, so I think I might, uh, well, I also mentioned that there's no memorial in New Zealand to the Vietnam War. There is one in Australia on Anzac Parade. Um, but there's no memorial, there's a plaque in the National Memorial in Wellington, and some war memorials throughout the country have Vietnam on them. Um, incidentally, there are two memorials to foreign troops in Vietnam itself. Um, that is a, the Long Tan Memorial in South Vietnam, the only memorial to our troops in that country, unlike in Korea where we have a New Zealand memorial. And Vietnam is this only, the only one that the government of Vietnam allowed. Um, and there's been ceremonies there every year. I even went there and, and the local district gave me a guide and, and ha I had to take part in a quote service quote at the, at the cross. Um, 2018, there was going to be a big gathering there, but the Vietnam government um, put a stop to it. Uh, I think they didn't want as much publicity to be given to it as was going to be. So Vietnam has had a very troubled place in our military remembrance because of the very different circumstances in which the war was fought. But I would say that the Vietnam veterans have finally come into their own uh, as they've begun to assume the leading role in the RSA. Thank you. You've been listening to an Auckland Libraries podcast. 
You can find further information on our page at SoundCloud or see the Auckland Library's website.